Hello everyone, we're back. Hi. Once again, about a dog. That's what we're going to be talking about, about a dog. This yeah. is Michael. This is Ashley. And let's see, we did a more, was the Lochen more well-known or less well-known? That was more well Okay, known. so by the normal rubric, we uh, are doing uh, a less well-known breed, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unless we have any new business or old business we have to deal with. Oh. Bureaucracy. <laughs> so, basically, some of the new business thing is I want to kind of clear the air a little bit. Uh-oh. When we post an episode, we also post on our Facebook and our Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. And I try and grab as best the photos that I can. Oh. And I try and credit them. Yeah. And I, oh, and I ask permission if I know the dog's owner. Yeah. And I'm friends with them on Facebook. I will ask permission yeah, beforehand. pretty fastidious about that sort of thing. And the main reason is, because we have a rare breed, it is a common occurrence for people to use either the likeness of one of our dogs or one of our dog's photos completely in YouTube videos and even some merchandise. I see you, Etsy person, who used an outline of Alice as um, like a Bible clip art or something I'm like no it's an outline of my dog that you didn't ask for oh that's a no-no yeah and clearly i didn't know about that what are these cats doing i don't know they probably are upset over the fact that it's still light out so basically we understand the whole copyright thing we yeah. get it we, we appreciate and respect it and we have actually had to report some videos to YouTube about copyright. One of them was even taken down. And one was taken down. Because um, seriously, Ashley showed me. They blatantly took an image that we took of our dogs at the beach. Yeah. I mean, there's no way you can mistake that. That's our dogs, number one. Number two, we were there on the beach. So, yeah, yeah that's got to come off. And... The issue that I have is if someone is using something for education and they're not making money, i.e. they're not monetized, right. I'm not really going to fault them or anything. Yeah. But when I start seeing ads in the middle of videos, at the start of videos, and at the end of videos, and I look at their subscriber count and I'm seeing the hundreds of thousands, yeah. where I know and I see the view counts are definitely climbing up there. And I see that they are definitely profiting off of images mm -hmm. of our dogs and there's no proper credit given, like, even in the description. Right. And also, I've had YouTube creators, I've had one creator come to me from my personal Instagram and say, hey, can I use your photos? Yeah. That's all it takes for me. Yeah, just ask permission. Just ask permission and credit me. That's this all I ask. one of those situations where um, better to apologize than ask for permission does not apply. No. This would not work here. No, especially if you are making a profit off of images that do not belong to you or of likenesses that you were not granted permission of, for, you know. And there, I know exactly, and I keep a record of who I have granted usage to for certain things. Our kennel website is actually right-click protected, so you can't 
short of doing a screen grab, yeah, that's you can't. The only way. You can't really right click or even press your like finger down on an iPhone to save a photo on our website. And our website is also tagged with copyright, so it is a violation there. Why does Eleven want to sneeze every time we record? Um, Habit. I guess. So she's currently attempting to defend her throne from Shuri. Yeah, I see that. So rumbling one minute ago. When it comes to copyright, we do take it very, very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. And if someone says, hey, is this so-and-so's dog or whatever, mm-hmm. I will say, okay, you know, I will take it down and I will cite my source as to where I found it from and why a copyright credit was not given. Bottom line, we're very respectful and we try to be very respectful. If there's been some error or somebody was not credited, no problem. Yep. Let us know, and we'll rectify the situation post-haste. Yes. So, that's basically the business where I, where I stand at the moment. Yeah. Uh, where we stand. Yeah, where we stand, yeah. Um, so, yeah, should we go ahead and... Let's get into it. All right. What? So, what are we talking about today? We are talking about... So, this is... As are you... As you said before, rare breed, yeah. we're doing a rare breed today. Yeah. And as we've mentioned in previous episodes, when we talk about the rare breed process yeah. of, is it not even FSS recognized? Is it FSS recognized or is it miscellaneous? Okay. So on the process here, we're talking about a breed that is FSS recognized. And this particular rec- recognizing is through the AKC. AKC. Correct? Yes. This breed is fully recognized by the FCI. Okay. Yeah. And by their country of origin. Makes so, sense. we're covering the Karelian Bear Dog. My Star Wars brain just clicked, unfortunately. K-R-E-L-I-A-N. I hope I'm spelling it right. <laughs> And, pr- and, pr- and pronouncing it correctly, I mean, not spelling it right. Corellian in Star Wars, that's 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 a planet Han Solo mm-hmm. is from. So, I want to go ahead and give credit to yeah. the American Corellian Bear Dog Alliance and this amazing National Geographic article that I will post a link to when we post this episode. Um, it's really, really, really cool. So, I'm going to say this breed is unbelievably cool multiple times because it fucking is. <laughs> Someone's geeking out, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I mean, she's got to smile from ear to ear. This, like, this breed is really, really, really cool. <laughs> it's, in terms of history, it's over 2,000 years old. Good God. So, we're talking old, old, old. So, we're not talking about a breed that could be affected by wars then, huh? Oh, it definitely was. Oh, really? Yes. So, it's over 2,000 years old, and it comes from a wolf-like hunting spitz. Nice. Called the Kami, or the Zirian Laika. Whatever. I'm afraid to even say that, forgetting it wrong. Uh, they originated around Lake Ladoga, the Olenets, and Russian Karelia as a hunting dog. So... When it comes to FCI, there are, there's a process of saying country of origin. Remind our listeners as well as myself, FCI. Oh God, it's French. Fuck. 
Basically, it's the International Federation of Canines, and okay. it's basically a global mm-hmm. entity that mm-hmm. recognizes individual kennel clubs around the world. Right. Certain countries are member countries. Mm-hmm. Certain countries are non-member co- countries. Member countries and affiliate countries, I think, are the two levels. Those two can host world dog shows. Non-members can never host a world dog show. And I will tell you why. This is kind of like the G6 for dogs. Yeah, but it's it's also kind of like Westminster or Crufts. Mm-hmm. For, like, world dog show is huge. And there's, like, a bidding process, very much like an Olympic bid and all of that stuff. And who gets to host it? And... Or the World Cup. Yeah, it, it really it really is. And it happens every year. Pending, you know, coronavirus or whatever. Yeah. So, the main non-associated countries, or non-member countries, are the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. Okay. Most of Europe are FCI. Most of Asia are FCI. Africa. Um, oddly enough, Puerto Rico is. Hmm. So, per- Puerto Rico is unique in that they have their own separate registry that is affiliated with the FCI. Mm -hmm. But they also, you can also register dogs with AKC because it's a U.S. territory. Yeah. Uh, The Bahamas are FCI. They have a show there during the summer. And I'm kind of like, vacation. (laughs) (laughs) It would be nice. It would be fun, but... I mean, you know, all of our entire pack... Mm-hmm. Flying, you know, it'd be expensive as fuck. Just a little bit, yeah. Just for them alone, yeah. Not to mention our flight stuff. Mm-hmm. Knowing you, you'd want to have one of them as a service dog there with you. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so those the member countries and the affiliates can have world dog shows, and generally, the like when they assign like who hosts a world dog show or whatever, mm-hmm. it's relatively flexible. Because um, Ecuador was supposed to host one, I want to say 2017 or 2018, but they had a really bad earthquake. Mm. And then Germany stepped in to host because I think they were doing the Euros or something. Because there's also a Euro show that's also really big. And that changes location and stuff. 2022 was in France, by the way. I want to go... You want to go to France. I've been to France, but I want to go to Euro 2022. But, anywho, back to this... I looked this thing up. I cannot pronounce any of it. Except maybe the last word. The I stands for international. Yeah, it's Federation Cianologique. You can can probably do it better here. Yeah. I looked it up on my phone. Federation Cianologique Internationale, or whatever. I cannot speak French, people. I'm sorry, but the way you made that sound sound like you had snot in your nose or something. Felt like it. <laughs> I'm getting tissue. Um, but back to this particular breed. Yeah, back to the point at hand. Yeah. Throughout the development, it's also influenced from other breeds, such as um, Samoyeds or Samoyeds or however the fuck you want to pronounce them. Basically, white fluffy dog. <laughs> um, that herds reindeer, which is fucking cool. Yeah, it is. And black 
finish Spitz's, and I'm a li- I'm making a confused face right now. Yeah, but because finish Spitz's by nature and definition as a breed are red, mm-hmm. and the but whatever, and I think I missed something. But continue. Select breeding for this particular breed, the Carilion Bear Dog. Yeah. Started around 1936. Wow. And as you've already alluded to. Yeah, wars. Yeah. World War II is when this breed took a massive, massive hit to the point where there were just 60 dogs alive and 43 were used to establish the breed again. Hmm. And the first breed standard was published in 1945. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, this breed is very popular in Finland and Scandinavian, and other Scandinavian countries. All right, my Scandinavian people, I know Finland, there's contention there, whether they're called Scandinavian or whatever, but... We apologize. No intended to offend whatsoever. So, they are... Very popular in Finland, Norway, mm. Sweden. I think maybe kind of like the northern eastern European European countries is where it pri- is the primary population hub. And as is customary with many breeds hailing from a Scandinavian country, mm-hmm. a dog cannot be considered a champion. Unless it has proven itself in the hunting field and performing in field trials and as a confirmation show dog. Meaning that it must do what it's bred to do and look the part of the breed standard. That's like the ultimate type of show dog right there. Because, I mean, honestly, ideally, for a dog to have like full potential, it has to have something it enjoys, like performance or a job or something like that, and mm-hmm. you know enjoy being in the showroom. Yeah, and Hamiltons have to do it. Well, yeah. Um, that is fascinating. Yeah. And what this breed, just by its name alone, yeah. bear dog, is yeah. it's bred to hunt big game, specifically bear, in Europe. And the there are a select few breeds that were bred to hunt bear. Mm-hmm. The two that spring to mind are Krillian Bear Dog yeah. and the Plot. The Plot's original purpose, which some will bitch and moan about and say that they're really a coonhound, but whatever, they came from Hanoverians. Shut up, people. <laughs> they were bred to hunt. Petty much? Live it. <laughs> They were bred to hunt bear mm-hmm. in North Carolina. So black bear in North Carolina. Jesus. They're the state dog of North Carolina. Go big or go home, man. And the Carilion bear dog mm-hmm. bred to hunt bear in the Arctic. So this thing must be ready to undergo cold climates and conditions. Cold climates, conditions, very hardy, and most importantly, fucking fearless. Take on a bear? Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Full on fearless. I mean, this ain't no like bear necessities bluey's going after here. No, these are <laughs> wild bears. I'm generally when I'm saying bear, I'm not talking polar bear. 
because that just seems like a death wish. Well, it did say Arctic. Yeah, but I think more like European brown bear sort of thing. Okay, alright. But not... The, the kind of Russian bear. Yeah, but not like... <laughs> People are having... <laughs> a friend of the podcast, uh, uh, Jackie uh, Deku's breeder, she uh, posted something on Facebook. How many uh, Darkwing Duck characters can she name? One of them was this Russian bear. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting off topic. Yeah, so they are hunting European brown bear. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily Coca-Cola brand ambassador polar bears. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> not necessarily that. Oh, you mean the ones my mother collects usually around Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, and it's an easy Christmas prezi for you to give her. Oh my God, are you kidding? Now, Such a cop-out. this breed in the U.S. Coke-out, actually. Hang on, sorry, that sounds horrible. Yeah, coke out does sound horrible. It, it sounds like 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 cocaine. Yeah, yeah. drugs are bad. Hugs, <laughs> not drugs. Um, this breed is a FSS breed. Okay, foundation it's, stock. Yeah. Yep, it's been around in the U.S. and Canada for quite some time, probably around like the early to mid nineties. Mm-hmm. It is a fully recognized breed in Canada. Of course, it is. Which is more than what a Hamilton can be. Hamilton's art flavor. Oh, oh, tiny violins, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. They're, beginning, they're beginning to play. Pissed, but whatever. Well, I get no, it. I mean, rightfully so, honestly. I mean, they they recognize they recognize Drevers, which are a relative of Hamilton's. So, fuckers. <laughs> At least my Drever friends can drive across the border and get a championship. Okay, okay, take okay. It easy. Focus on the task at hand. Now, come on. I'm usually the one with the diversions. I know, but this breed. The reason why I'm, like, so fascinated yeah, with you're it... you're geeking out and fangirling hard here. ...is when I was younger, mm-hmm. I remember watching Animal Planet, mm. and they did some sort of feature on the breed a few times, and I think it might even have come up, like, right when they were... When Animal Planet was starting to do, like, some of their, like, animal law shows, like... Northwoods Law and all that shit. Oh, okay, yeah, I know. What and like about. their fishing game wildlife shows. Yeah. Because they used Karelian bear dogs oh. to help control menace bears. I think I remember one of the shows now because I we, we had it on once in the background, but it was muted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northwoods Law, I think, is mm-hmm. what we were watching. Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. So, what a menace bear is, is basically a bear that gets too close to people, mm-hmm. becomes habituated to people, raids their trash, and becomes a danger to itself and to people. Yeah. So. Because we put all kinds of crap in our bodies, so naturally it probably would not be beneficial for one who's not adapted. Or, you know, I mean, like chocolate is bad for, for dogs, but good for us. Lord knows it'd be for a bear. Yeah. So... Basically, what this breed, in terms of menace bears controlling, the usual method is either you trap it mm-hmm. and you release it somewhere else. That's a release, yeah. But nine times out of ten, they'll come back. Yeah. Or... It's like, why the fuck did you put me five miles for one to eat my lunch? I'm going to walk back. Mm-hmm. The other option is euthanasia. Other, the... Yeah, you can hear a pin <laughs> drop on that one. Pink. Yeah. 
Um, now, the most effective by far, mm-hmm. because euthanasia kills one bear. Yeah. It doesn't stop a whole population <laughs> from coming. Um, Cut off one head to more take its place. Pretty much. <laughs> what these dogs do, so they'll do kind of a trap. Yeah. Set a trap for the bear. Are we talking like the like Penny's mouth, the the, the steel trap that kind of closes down? The no, 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 no. Like you see in cartoons. Yeah, no, that's 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 dangerous to bears. Obviously, I would, I would say so, considering. <laughs> so what they'll do is it's like a circular kind of like a burn barrel that you would see. Okay, yeah. And they have like steel, like reinforced shit, and then they bait at the very back of this barrel thing Mm -hmm. and then the trap closes on the bear keeping it contained in the other side yeah it's kind of like uh one of those uh aluminium gator traps we saw on that old episode of uh uh, crocodile croc uh, diaries yep exactly like that um but what they do instead of just releasing it into a safe environment is before they dart them um, which is for safety for them to um, transport them. Yeah. They'll have the dogs bark like crazy. I think I've seen this on television, actually. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah, they, they, they open the, the, the trap. The bear runs out, but the dogs are there waiting for them, right? Yeah. And so they'll have them bark when they're first captured sometimes. Yeah. Or, like what you said, is after, like as soon as they're coming out of like their drugged out stupor and shit like that. Yeah. They'll have the dogs just bark and bark and bark and bark and bark. And it gets the message home. Put the fear of God on them, basically. To the bear saying, don't come here. Yeah. Go. Run away. And it's, Go. You're not welcome here. And that is generally described as being one of the best ways to control menace bears. Mm. Because for whatever reason, I guess these bears might communicate or whatever. Yeah. And they'll and also probably through generational things of mothers raising cubs, mm-hmm. say, "Hey, something's going on over here. We're not going over here. We're gonna stay where there where we are supposed to be." What's over there, Daddy? <laughs> you must over go over there, Simba. <laughs> <laughs> and. Where this breed, this is where this breed shines mm-hmm. because they're so fearless, they don't care, mm-hmm. and they get to bark their full heads off. Yeah. And they are actually employed in several areas. Mm-hmm. They're impl- they are, there are contracted programs with. The state of Washington, mm-hmm. state of Nevada, mm-hmm. Alberta, Canada, several national parks, including Banff, Yosemite, and Glacier National Park. Okay. So all of these that are like bear populations and stuff like that. Yeah. There is a chance that if they have a menace bear, they're going to call in a team of probably two to three uh, Carilion bear dogs and help Get rid of the bear. Right. And they'll either do it by the trap and release, or mm-hmm. if they even see the bears at the campsite or whatever, where they're coming too close, they'll just bring the team of dogs out and just have them raise holy hell. Mm. And sometimes they'll release the dogs, 
and the dogs will actually just tear after them and bark, bark, bark and chase them. And sometimes they'll nip at the ankles. Right. Kind of like a, what a herding dog would do to move cattle along. Yeah, yeah, They'll just nip at them. And just so that message gets driven to those bears to say, hey, this is not a place you need to be. Yeah, no, this is, this is not for you. And so it generally only ha- happens to happen once in the bear's life. Yeah. And some of the estimates that have come out based on this National Geographic article that I read, mm-hmm. the estimates on the number of bears' lives that these dogs, this incredibly rare breed in the U.S., that is a foundation stock breed, has saved thousands of bears' lives. Wow. And that's, all through intimidation. Yeah. All through something that is... Not harmful. Yeah. Doesn't injure the bear at all. Mm-hmm. And it just basically is conditioning to the bear to say and drive a message home of don't come here. And it's a win-win on both sides. Yeah. Because you're giving such a fearless dog a job to do. And it's something that they're bred for. Right. So you're not having to train some random dog off the street. You're Mm. using a specialized dog that naturally would do something very, very similar, but they're doing it in the name of conservation. That's unbelievable. For such a rare breed that needs conservation, Mm. they are helping conservation like elsewhere. Right. It's, It's awesome. It's a wheel of conservation. Yeah. And it's great. And now we get to this whole thing of what are they like to live with? How are they? What, you know, they're a spitz breed. Mm-hmm. So they have, they're, they're black and white in color. Right. And because of that, and that spitzness, they kind of have similar coat type to like an Alaskan Malamute or Siberian Husky. So sheds a fucking ton. Right, yeah. Loves a cold. Mm, which means they're probably going to be difficult as hell to get back in if it's snowing. Yep. And because of the fact that in order for these dogs to earn their championship, they have to do what they're bred to do. Yeah, they have to work. There are very few that are in true pet homes or what are known as pet lines, mm-hmm. where these are lines that are coming from from breeders that don't use them as pets. Right. So their prey drive is through the roof. I believe it. And not only is their prey drive through the roof, they're bred to be fearless. So mm-hmm. take that into consideration. Right. So they need an experienced dog owner. They are not the type for first-time dog owners. Oh, absolutely not. No. They are also not the type of dog to get if you're not going to give them a job. Mm. They have to have something to do. Otherwise, they'll find something else to do in your house, and it will not be as constructive. Mm -hmm. And also, remember, this breed is bred to bark. Yeah. So, mm, high prey drive, high energy, fearless, 
loves to bark. Let's not get them for a Manhattan apartment, okay? God, no. God, no. I'm not saying that some may work there and it may be okay-ish, that but that's the... different situation. That's the exception, not the norm. Agreed. And with all of that taken into consideration because of this high prey drive and all of that, probably no cats, mm. definitely no other small animals and stuff like that. Um, if you live in a bear-prone area and you know this for a fact, yeah. good luck getting your dog back if they see a bear. Yeah, no. Especially if they're not trained on it. Mm. Um. And they have, with this fearlessness, they're not going to back down. Right. They're just not. So that's where that experienced dog owner comes into play. And when I mean experienced, I do not mean, oh my God, I've owned a Labrador. <laughs> no. Not all breeds are exactly the same. No. And you generally will have to be experienced in a very small subset. Like, I've owned primitive breeds or right. spitz breeds or things or that are dog, dogs that have high prey drive and high energy oh yeah like that yeah and dogs that naturally run a little hot and when i mean run a little hot I mean have that fearless streak a mile wide but yet you know how to control it yeah uh, constructively yes not As physical an outlet, not, yeah not something destructive or anything and for an owner, because they're so rare, and if you're interested in getting one, you definitely need to do an unbelievable amount of research on this breed before you make that decision. Yeah, do a lot of homework. And some people, when the talk comes about why are breeds rare, mm -hmm. there are some breeds like Hamilton's, where the, the simple answer for why Hamilton's are rare is because Sweden and Norway have a strict control on who gets these dogs. Right. Because they know how great they are and they don't want their population to explode elsewhere. Yeah. They want them to continue to preserve their instincts. Now, with the Karelian bear dog, I think it's a little... It's, it's that in Finland, but it's also a bit of this is not an easy dog to own yeah takes an experienced hand and even then you may get a little bit more than what you're bargaining for um i remember seeing one in the flesh back in god i guess it was 2016 and then i've seen a couple at open shows from time to time mm -hmm. And I've talked to the people that have them, and their response is, they're a lot of dog. <laughs> and if these are the dog's owners... Yeah, that, that should give you uh, a fair idea of what they're going through. Mm -hmm. And the one that I saw, I think it was at Orlando 2019. A lot has happened in, a lot happened in Orlando 2019, but like other open was shows... Is that the Florida ick that we came home with? No, that was when Alice passed away. Oh. Yeah, okay. Florida Ick was a year before. Yeah. But I think it was one of the Orlando shows, and they and someone had a younger 
Karelian bear dog. Nice looking dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're gorgeous to look at. Absolutely beautiful. Right. But every time, like, I talked to someone with them, and someone had them at Premiere. Mm. And I talked to them then, and this was an adult dog that was just gorgeous, like, beautiful. And then when I looked at the kennel name, I was like, oh, that that, that makes sense. This, yeah. is, this dog came from a kennel in Canada that is well-known for breeding gorgeous curly and bear dogs. But even then, these are... That those two dogs, I think, are from the same kennel, mm-hmm. and they have been through lines of just producing show dogs. And even then, they are still saying that they are a lot of dog. Well, based on everything you're you're telling me, it would make sense mm-hmm. I mean, if they are trained basically not to back down, mm-hmm. to operate by intimidation, and have high energy. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of attention to detail. Mm-hmm. You gotta get that dog out there. You gotta get it working. You have to make sure it works its energy off almost on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And if you're not gonna use the dog in hunting, you gotta find an outlet. Uh, an outlet must be found. You Absolutely. gotta find one. I mean, these are Absolutely. not type of dogs that I would say. Let me just warm my sofa. They're, no, the, the, they sound as if they are not ready to do whatever you want to do. They need an activity. Yeah, they need something to do, and preferably something that burns off a lot of energy. Right. So, if you could get them to do fast cat, lure coursing, I mean, hell, if you are intrepid enough, fly ball maybe, agility. You don't think weight pull would would be good? Weight pull could be really good. Yeah. But you would have to do it a lot because that really doesn't expend. It's an explosion energy, but it's not an endurance. This breed's also bred to do it a lot. So they are an endurance. It's going to wear them down with all that weight, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But a better outlet that would require them to pull and all that stuff would Mm -hmm. be bike joring. Or skijoring. Right. Where, they're, where they, they're on ski. The, the owner's on skis, right? Skis or, or a bike and the dog pulls them. Right. Um, another good activity would be canacross, which is like cross country with your dog. Hmm. Uh, a lot of Hamiltons are doing that in the UK right now. What is it, running or? It's kind of like cross country running hmm. mixed with a little bit of bike joring because there's a harness that goes around your waist. Yeah. And the dog actually pulls along. Like, you're not holding the lead at all. Yeah. And, and the dog is pulling along and helping to provide you with an extra oomph to keep you going a little bit. But not enough to, like, send you flying. Okay. Kemper, our, our oldest dog, mm-hmm. is an asshole. And I have a story that proves it. His previous owner, um, in past life of mine, she took him... And Penny to go jogging in a local park. She tripped and fell down. Problem is, Kemper didn't stop. No, why would he? The, the son of a bitch kept going and he dragged her for a while. Mm-hmm. I think Penny, I don't know if Penny stops. I just know that Kemper just refused to do it. No. Sorry, you, I know it's a sidebar, but it's still, I still think it's funny. And this proves how much of an asshole the old bugger is. <laughs> Um, but another way that you can actually kind of do some low, lower impact, 
Mm-hmm. And working of their instincts is something like maybe tracking, scent work. I was going to say uh, barn hunt. Barn hunt, yeah. Barn hunt could do it. Um, just all of these sports that either involve the nose mm-hmm. or involve them running their ass off. Right. You know, those are going to be your sweet spots. Well, let's face it. Not everybody can perform that particular type of performance event. I know we find rabbit or fox scent. Mm-hmm. Is there an equivalent that someone could use for this dog? Sure, sure. You can find bear scent. You can find... And they can basically do kind of a scent work kind of thing in the backyard, maybe. Yeah, you can do some of that. You can do kind of... Because, I mean, unfortunately, performance stuff, it's usually a seasonal deal. And if you can't find anything local or if it's not the right time of the year, then you need another outlet. Yeah. Um, like, especially for some lure coursing events where you're in a location like where we are, mm-hmm. a lot of lure coursing shuts down over the summer because it's just too fucking it's hot. It's so hot, yeah. Um. So probably spring and fall are the best times. Yeah, so you, you're going to need to find that constant thing to keep this dog moving yeah. and active. Um. So that's a lot of juggling to do, especially if you have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And another thing with this breed, because they're still actively used for hunting and all of that, mm-hmm. they're relatively healthy. Hmm. Not much in the way of health issues? Not really. And, and that's something that is pretty common, where if a breed is still used to do its job, mm-hmm. then the evaluation is on how they're doing their job. Right. And the breeding decisions behind that, mm-hmm. meaning like, if they are not able to haul ass and run, then the levels of certain diseases like heart issues, um, some eye issues, um, and some things that would just cause a dog to just keel over and die, right. just don't really work. because. And a lot of times, they just those mutations haven't had a chance to spring up in those breeds because... Right. They don't serve them in the field. And those dogs would never be bred to. Hmm. And so by the time that it comes time for breeding, it's not going to happen. When I watched, you know, Muted, that particular episode that I mentioned, I at least counted two, maybe three dogs that mm-hmm. were, um, I don't want to say accosting, that's not the right word, um, Persuading. Uh, forcibly persuading probably mm-hmm. be a better way to do it. Intimidating. Yes. Uh, the bear. So is this something that is like a pack mentality? Or are they like the Hamilton in that they operate independently with a bond? So I, I think it could... I don't think it's a full pack. What I mean, like... We're not... Look, I mean... Like three dogs to me would not be a pack mentality. No, I'm, and by pack, I know I'm kind of lumping it into the English fox. I mean, that they yeah, no, 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 no. But no. I mean, like a group. May I think the most that I've heard of or seen is maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you're not going to see, you're going to see some dogs that are going to work with their people. So they want to be with you yeah. while they're doing their job. But they're also not going to be like some pack hounds where they prefer the company of others, mm-hmm. but they're yeah. also not going to be overtly dog aggressive or anything along those lines 
so it sounds as if they're similar to the Hamilton in that they have one particular individual um, that they bond with, mm-hmm. and that's like their person. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, and for whatever reason, this tends to work for these northern breeds, well, and yeah. it tends to be a common theme. It's um, not going to be like uh, like what you think for those sled dogs, where it's like a pack of them. It's like no. It's mm-hmm. not the way it works. But even then, some of those sledding breeds can, like, some Siberian Huskies are not, do not make the best pets and can be a bit dog aggressive, so. And people aggressive from what I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> so, with with this breed, we're going to come to the tail end of this whole thing of. We should make that a common thing, the tail end. Tail <laughs> end. <laughs> it's kind of a play on the whole you know, hawk and withers and shit in regards to the body parts of a dog. We're I, at the tail end now. I should probably do some sort of dog anatomy episode, rock tidbit or some shit. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just throwing out random shit I've heard you say before. Yeah. Um, but no, I like that. We're at the tail end now. I like tail that. end. The uh, tail end. Would you own one? You're at first. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. Um, to be honest with you, having a full-time job while at the same time having to put up with this much energy, I, you know, I wouldn't be able to give the attention that the job requires mm-hmm. for either end, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because you sacrifice one, the more you focus on the other. Um, so I wouldn't be able to do this particular dog justice, despite the fact I think the name is cool because it reminds me of Star Wars. Um... For me, it's also a no. Uh, I love the look of them. Of them. They're beautiful. Is Abs- it because of the, uh, the same issue that I have? Prey drive, that sort of thing? Yeah, it's, it's the prey drive. It's the energy. It's the fact that they probably wouldn't do very well with smaller animals. Mm-hmm. And I don't see us not having cats. Yeah. Um, I don't see us not having... A Teddy Roosevelt or something along those lines. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. So, uh, just for our lifestyle right now, mm-hmm. it's it's a no. However, yeah. if I worked for the park service, you <laughs> bet your fucking oh, ass, God, yeah, you I would raise my hand and uh-huh. be like, can I be on the Carillion Bear Dog team, please? I'd volunteer as tribute. Yes, it would be a <laughs> full-on I volunteer as tribute sort of thing. And then I would also be one of those cheeky assholes that says... If we don't have one of those programs, mm-hmm. I will make it happen, damn oh, it. I want it. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, can you imagine how fucking awesome a Carillion Bear Dog team would be in Shenandoah? It would be interesting. I mean, hauling up and down the mountains and all of that shit it would be great. You wouldn't let me do what I wanted to do, though. I'd want to name them after a character from Star Wars, somebody from the planet Corellia, and you wouldn't let me do it. Mm, no, probably not. Um, We'd have to agree on the name, honestly, and I'd have to look up characters. So, but I digress. Yeah, I mean that that would be the only scenario where I would own one. The only conceivable possibility is if my job revolved around them. It's like I said. I mean, if you your focus becomes more on one, then the scales are unbalanced, and the other suffers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And especially with one with an attention and prey drive this high. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All um, right. That and one thing we haven't touched on, the grooming. 
Yeah, a lot of the shed. There's a lot of shed going oh, on there. I'd be cleaning the floors a lot more often than I am now. Well, they they would probably shed very similar to other double coated breeds like Siberian Huskies, where it'd be seasonal, mm. and it would be those weird like chunky clumps coming out of them at random times, and you can mm-hmm. just pull it off. <laughs> um, oh God, it's a clump. Yeah, I mean, I'm not looking forward to that with Deku and all that because that's gonna happen soon. Well, you mean in summer months? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but they're a fun breed. They're very cool. I can admire them from a distance and yeah. just just ravel in the fact of how awesome are genetics that allow us to be able to tap into this and hone it in a way that is just perfection. And because we've discussed breeds in the past that have been nearly, well, not decimated mm-hmm. or extinct because of wars and things like that kudos to the individuals that managed to keep this breed alive oh yeah and i mean to all of the dedicated breeders for this for this breed i mean you guys are doing a an amazing job at not only keeping this breed looking the way that it should do keeping it healthy keeping it doing its job mm-hmm. and amazing work to the teams that use them in the u.s and in canada to help conserve bears. Mm. I mean, that's unbelievable. Speaking as someone who has witnessed, I guess by by extension, I'm kind of a breeder. Yeah. I, I, I won't consider myself as such due to the fact that I lack the experience and knowledge and whatnot, but, you know, by association, I guess. And one thing that I've noticed is it can be a thankless job. Oh, yeah. And so, I guess this is my opportunity. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank if you. If not for preserving this, we wouldn't be able to talk about it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've been watching Ashley, and I'm just enjoying the ride, honestly. <laughs> she has been seriously geeking out ear to ear. Her energy has been very high regarding this particular breed. So, thanks for, for making her smile as well. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah, and it's, and it's, you know, those little things of, like... <laughs> Thank you. Bless you, Levin. Speaking of, one little thing just sneezed. <laughs> um, but it, it's one of those things where you don't realize at the time when you're watching it just how cool it is. Mm. Then when you take a step back and then you're like, holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think we should probably wrap up and, and all of that. But... Mm-hmm. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter at about a dog one, Instagram or Gramtown, as uh, Shane says, at about a dog pod. Email about a dog pod at gmail.com. Let's not forget if we don't know you, Ashley will delete you, just so you know. If you friend me, yeah. well, not the email. No, the email. No, no, no. Email us, but uh, we're talking on social media in general. If you try to friend her on social media and she doesn't know you, that's it. On my personal account. On your personal account. Yeah. Um, on okay, f- I royally fucked this one up. I'm sorry. Um, but on Facebook, you can find us at About a Dog Pod. Um, I know we really haven't talked about it that much, but we do have a Patreon. Yeah. Um, um, it, it kind of feels like it, having a Patreon is kind of like we're begging. You know? Yeah, it feels I, I'm weird. I'm not overly fond of that. I mean, if you wish to contribute... Um, we'd greatly appreciate it. If yeah. not, I mean, we're arms, arms for the poor. Oh, yeah. That's not us. You know, we, we don't, we don't. Do no. That. Yeah. And it's um like, if you want to find us on Patreon, it's at about a dog pod. Yeah. 
uh, or about a dog pod or whatever, however you find shit on Patreon. I set it up a while ago, whatever. There are certain like fun things if you subscribe and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, so with that, go hug your dog. Go hug your dog. They love you. They love you. Mm-hmm.